went to bed last night um, just with a real heavy heart. You know, you just have those nights where it just seems like everything's falling apart and everyone's fighting in the church and everyone's arguing about this and that. And, and, uh, but largely I was thinking about this conference and this gathering and I think about all the things that are coming at us in the world right now and it just, it just felt heavy. Um, which I don't, I don't like feeling that way. I mean, my kids will tell you, like, I just like to make fun of everything and just laugh at everything. And, you know, everything's a joke to me. And, uh, but lately it's just, there's not that much to laugh about, you know? There's just, just heavy, difficult times. And I found myself just praying for you guys last night as I was going to bed, as I was driving out here this morning, just praying for you and... Uh, I usually don't get emotional like praying for a conference. I do this every week. I speak somewhere every week. Um, But just kind of got weepy as I prayed for you, as I thought about what we're dealing with today. Um, And it just just made me go, I don't even know exactly what I want to talk about completely, but I kind of was just looking forward to getting on the stage and praying over you just praying for you, praying that something supernatural happens. I don't want to just give a speech and go home. Like I want something to happen here, something real, something like what I read about in scripture where the people pray and the place starts shaking or the, you know, the people pray and they go out with this new courage, but, the, the, but somehow that we're visited by him. And I've, I've really wanted to do this. And I, I don't do this to open up my message. I do this because this, this is like the main part of what I want to do is really come into his presence. And I, I see this as a really big deal, what I'm about to do. Like this is insane. I'm about to come before the one who's keeping us alive right now, who's in charge of everything. Like a lot has happened so that I have this access to him. There had to be a lot of things that happened so that I could come into his presence. I mean, namely his own son paying the price so that we can do this, so that I can speak to him and he actually listens to me. I mean, the craziest thing, I mean, my favorite part of being alive on the earth right now is when I pray to him and he answers me. Like, Like crazy, crazy, insane, specific ways. And so I look forward to, I mean, just for example, I wasn't going to bring this up, but in February, in February, there's this, this guy that's in my ministry, and I just thought, man, this guy's awesome. I, I love this guy, you know, he's running one of my ministries, and, uh, and you guys heard of a guy named Bob Goff? You know, okay, so Bob was over, we're hanging out, and he meets this guy, you know, Justin, and he, he's like, Justin, you seem like the type of guy that every dad would want as a son-in-law. And, uh, you know, Bob just says random things. And, but afterwards, I thought, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I just go to God because I go, God, look, I've prayed about everything. And I feel like you hear everything. And I don't know if this is strange, but it seems very biblical to me. Um, can I have him as a... <laughs> I, I'm, I've never prayed anything like this. I just go... I so trust this guy's walk with the Lord. Can he be a part of my family? Um, can you make him fall? I'm, can you do that? Like make him <laughs> fall in love with my daughter? Like they don't even know each other exists. And 
But that's that I have that freedom to do that. I'm reading about Isaac and Jacob, all, all that stuff. It's like, Lord, you arrange things. And um, and so nothing happens, you know. <laughs> and uh, a few months later, a few months later, I, I wake up one morning, and you ever have those mornings where you just feel distant from God? And and again, I prayed something I don't want. I'm, I'm learning just to be completely honest. Oh, God, I feel distant from you. I, I feel like uh, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, I, I don't even know how to say it. I almost feel like an unloved, unloved bride. Like, hey, he doesn't pay attention to me. And, and, and I go, God, can you just show me some love today? Like, can you just... Show me that you love me. I know you love, like I know it in my head, but right now I'm just not feeling it. And it's weird to pray this, but could you do something today? An hour later, that guy, Justin, <laughs> says, hey, uh, can I ask you something? <laughs> can I ask your daughter out? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I will pay for any date. <laughs> that was in July, and they're getting married in December. Okay? Okay, my point is, when I talk to him, okay? <laughs> you guys, this is, this is my life, though. Some of you guys that know me, man, I don't make this stuff up. Like, I come before him, I go, God, you hear everything I read in the scriptures about what you do, and, and it's all because people believe in you, and they believe with their heart, and, and so that's why I look for. I really do look forward to this time right now when I'm going to pray for you, more than I look forward to the teach. I'm looking forward to teaching what I have to teach, but I, I, I need something supernatural to happen, and so it's a big deal when I come into the presence of God. When I think about what the Bible says about who he is, you know, sitting on his throne and, 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 and how the inhabitants of the earth are like grasshoppers to him, how he sits above the vault of the earth and the nations are like a drop from a bucket. It's like I'm going to speak to him and I have access to him because of the sacrifice he made for us. He made a way so that, not so that I could open a sermon by a prayer he made a way and sacrifice so we could seriously come into his presence and say, God, give us wisdom like never before. Give us courage like never before. Give us love like never before. Make us a church that's powerful, unstoppable, supernatural, because we're not just sensing that. And so would you join me as I pray for you and pray that something real happens to you today by the power of the Spirit. Father, hallowed be thy name. God, we think of you in heaven, and we just want your name to be sacred. God, I want the name of Jesus to be sacred. 
God, I want things in this room to be like they are in heaven where everyone respects your word. They tremble when you speak. God, I just want people to know how awesome it is to talk to you. God, we just take your word so casually. God, we get so arrogant thinking that we come up with profound thoughts. We live amongst people where everyone just feels like their voice should be heard. And we just want your name lifted up. We want things on earth as they are in heaven. God, we don't want to covet we just want our daily bread. The stuff of this world, Lord, doesn't matter. Just give us what we need. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for how casual we treat you and your word. Forgive us for all the ways that we've sinned against you as we forgive those who sin against us. And God, I pray for all of us in this room that you would lead us away from our temptations. God, there's so many sick parts to us, Lord, where the thoughts that go through our minds sometimes I know are just disgusting, God. I pray that you would lead us away from that and deliver us from that evil. God, I pray that something real would happen today with this group of people, that they would be encouraged by your word and touched by you, and it would be about the Holy Spirit and God, that you would just create pockets of people who exemplify your kingdom on earth. Pockets of people that love your word even when others hate it. Pockets of people who are just not ashamed of the gospel. God, some of us are just tired tired of fighting the darkness. And God, just help us not to grow weary, not to grow cynical, not to grow angry, and not to lose our faith. So we come together as one under the blood of Jesus Christ and agree on these things in Jesus' name.
Amen. I am uh, I'm 49 years old and became a Christian when I was in high school. And hands down, this has just been the craziest year of my existence. When I just look at the world, I look at everything that's going on, and I just go, this is unreal. I look at the elections coming up in a couple of weeks, and I go, are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, I, I just go, really? I mean, it's just, you look at everything that's going around in the world right now, and you go, gosh, for some of you that are younger, you, you, this may be normal to you, but for some of us that have been around for a while, we go, this is, this is crazy. This is, this is weird. I never would have dreamt. So many things that we're even discussing today, we're, we would have thought, oh, we're never going to be talking about that in church. The world's never going to be like, not America. And it's just a crazy time. And I've had so many friends lately. I think this is what's made my heart heavy. All I hear about is people just walking away from God, it seems like, and changing their views on everything. And I have peers, pastors, that are just, they're done. Or they're going to change their theology so that more people will accept them. And everyone's just kind of giving up. And, and so it's, it just becomes disheartening. And, and, and last night as I'm praying for you guys and thinking about this and thinking about, you know, I love Dan's heart and I love Tim Mackey. I love Dave Lomas. I love this group of guys and what they stand for. And as, as I'm, I'm praying about all of this, my heart's just heavy because I just go, man, I don't, I don't have a lot of friends like that anymore. And, and the Lord brought me to this passage that I want to share with you today. It caused me to think about this passage when Jesus is talking about the end times. And in, in Matthew, you know, can I get a tissue? I'm like snotting everywhere. <laughs> I, uh, I got a box here. I'm going to turn this off. Just. Anyone want this? <laughs> eBay it. Um, Matthew 24, verse 9, I think. Verse 9. It's just Jesus talking about the end times. He says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. What, what struck me about this passage is the word many. 
He says that they're going to deliver you up to tribulation. They're going to put you to death. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. So as I'm sitting there, grope, you, know, you know, just groaning and whining about, oh man, you know, all these guys are walking away, walking away, walking away. You know, I'm looking at this passage and I never noticed that before. He says, well, in the end times, there's going to be a lot of people walking away. For, for several different reasons. First, he says, because they're going to deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death. You're going to be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will, walk, will fall away. He goes, you know why many will walk away? is because they will be hated by all nations. Okay, this is Jesus speaking. Let's, okay, forget all the opinions you've heard. Here's what Jesus says. In the end, many are going to walk away from him. Why? Because they're going to be hated. They're going to see the hatred towards the morality of this book, the teaching of this book, that there's this one way to heaven, that they need salvation, to follow Jesus. He says they're going to be hated. And you, so, so, I just got to ask because I'm not going to assume, oh, okay, here's a group of people that are going to be faithful to the end. No, some of you in this room are going to walk away from God because you can't handle being hated. You're going to ask yourself right now, am I okay with being hated? I'll tell you right now, I, I can't stand it. I hate being hated. There's people who hate me, and every time it's like, man, why hate me? I, I mean, I just, what I think, I, I think I'm like, well, you know, like, why? But what Scripture says, I mean, you've got you've to seriously take this to heart. Honestly, are you okay being hated? Because if you're not okay, you're not going to last. Jesus says in John 15, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And then he says in, in verse 19, he goes, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Okay, if, if you were of the world, then the world would love you as its own. Okay, so what is the only way that you can be loved by this world is by becoming a person of the world. And Jesus says, but you got, he goes, look at me. They hate me. And so when they hate you, keep in mind they hated me first. If you want to be loved, and, and if you are loved, it's because you're of the world. So, so here at the end times, when, when, when people, all nations start to hate and even persecute the Christians, you've got to ask yourself, am I okay being hated? <laughs> just an hour ago, an hour and a half ago, I was at McDonald's up the street, you know, just getting my Egg McMuffin, getting ready for today. And uh, I'm in line, and this guy comes up to me, he goes, Francis Chan, I have a prophetic word for you. I'm like, all right. I... <laughs> 
I, I mean, I just, I just listen. I don't know. You know, I, I, when someone says that, I, I take it seriously and just listen. And he goes, there's going to be a lot of people that will hate you and attack you. And he goes, I see crocodiles. I'm like, like <laughs> real ones? You know, like, like. And he goes, and you're just going to have to stand against it and all right, enjoy your hash browns. You know, it's just, that was it. I, so as I'm eating, I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's good. That's good. That's what I'm preaching about. You know what? I, I, and I, I don't know. I, I always just, I, I'm always careful. I want to, you know, look at the word. If someone gives me a prophetic word and go, okay, that could be true. It's probably true. I mean, biblically, it seems like that's just what we have to face. And so, Man, the, the truth is, is this should be true of all of us, that there are going to be people who hate us, and I struggle with that. Probably more than the physical torture part is the hated part. I mean, I'm sure when the, if the physical comes also, I won't love that either, um, but I haven't experienced that. Um, I have experienced the other part whether it's from family, dear friends, ex-friends, congregation members, they're no longer in the congregation. Um, it's tough. So you gotta ask yourself, am I one of these that's gonna fall away? Because one, one verse that helps me on that is uh, Hebrews 13. Oh, it's, it's one of my favorite. Hebrews 13, verse 12 so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. What the author of Hebrews is saying there, he's saying, you know what? Jesus had to suffer outside the city gates, right? He couldn't be crucified within the city because it was sacred to them. And they saw Jesus as garbage. They saw Jesus as cursed. And they were going to crucify him and hang him on a tree. And he would be this cursed object. So we can't have that kind of cursed object in our holy city. So let's put him outside of the city. Kick him out of the city. We don't want him. He, he goes to where all the rubbish is, where all the dung is. Let's, let's put him there and hang him there. And that's what they did to Jesus. They kicked him out of the city. He wasn't accepted in there. They kick him out. And so what the author of Hebrews says is, well, then let's go to him. Let's go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Says, you know what? If you're going to kick my Savior out of the city, I'm not going to sit here in the city and try to be the popular guy accepted by everyone else. If you're going to kick him out of the city, guess where I'm going? I'm going to go to the foot of the cross. I'll be kicked out of you. I don't need your city, okay? I need the cross, and I'll stand here with him and bear the reproach that he endured. I love that passage. I go, God, give me that heart. Where it's like, you know what? Whatever they say to you, they're saying to me. If they hate you, then they hate me also. I'm with you. If they're going to kick you out of the city, I'll go out of the city. And I'm going to stand there by your cross, and I'm going to kneel at your cross. And if people want to crucify me next to you, then so be it. But I'm not leaving your side. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. But he also says in, in that passage in Matthew 24, 
you know, he says they're going to they're fall away and they're going to betray and hate one another. And he says, and many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. So one, the persecution's going to come, and that's going to cause many of us to say, I don't want to be hated, so let me change my views. Let me, let, me, let me get accepted by everyone else. He goes, but not only that, he says, many false prophets, false teachers will arise and lead many astray. So in the end times, there's going to be just this whole boatload of, of people with their opinions who think so highly of their views of, oh, I thought about this. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Everyone's got their teaching. There are way more false teachers than ever before. I mean, because everyone has access. Everyone can tweet. Everyone can Facebook. Everyone can put their message of their brilliant thoughts online to try to lead you to think the way that they think. Everyone's a teacher now. And he says, in the last days, there's going to be so many false teachers, and they're going to lead many astray. Let me just read some two verses from Isaiah 55. Here's what God says. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God makes it very clear. He goes, listen, I don't want to mince my words here. He goes, my thoughts, here's God in heaven, creator of all of this. Here's this tiny planet. He goes, all you little people on that earth, let me just make something clear. My thoughts are not the same as yours. God says, the way that I think, I'm holy, I'm different from you, I'm set apart from you. My thoughts are different from yours. My way of thinking and my way of doing things is going to be different from your way of doing things. But what God says is, as far as the heavens are above the earth, some of you guys have studied the stars, the galaxies, you know, Milky Way, all that. You know, how you travel for light years and on and on and on. He goes, all, you see how far, 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 far distant all of that is from the earth? He goes, that's the way my thoughts are compared to yours. You guys, who thinks like this? Why do we tweet? Seriously, because we think our thoughts are so brilliant. I came up with something today. You know, I just want the whole world to hear it because I thought of something. <laughs> awesome. That's why whenever someone starts a statement like, you know what I think? <laughs> I don't care. Because here's your thoughts, idiot, you know, and, and here are the thoughts of God. Man, I have nothing profound to say to you. All I want to do is just read God's thoughts to you. This is, this is what is worth reading. If, if you really believe that his thoughts are not your thoughts, and if you really believe that as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how much higher his thoughts are than yours, 
That's why he says in Isaiah 66, you know, this is the one I'm going to look to, the one who's humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. But in the last days, people aren't going to hold God's words like they're beyond theirs. They go, no, 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 I have this way of thinking. Here's what I think. I've really been thinking this through my whole life, all 60 years of my existence, and here's what I came up with. And God's saying that, it's not my thoughts. Those aren't my ways. But in the last days, we're not going to think about, people aren't going to think this way. They're going to think, no, I came up with this, and who is he to tell me what's right and wrong? Because that's why... Uh, so many of us right now are just trying to encourage people, look, don't even listen to me. Like, I, I don't, I think we went through a time where it was all about listening to this guy's podcast or this guy's sermon or this guy's this. And I'm not against that, obviously. I still do it. My point is, our heart with this conference is we just want to get everyone reading this book again. Just reading this. Even in our churches in San Francisco, everyone in our churches goes reads through the entire Bible every year. I mean, these are guys that are coming out of prison that can barely read, and they're reading through the entire Bible this year. And they'll do it next year, and the year after, and the year after, and year after. I, mean, I only preach like once a month because I want the rest of it to be about them reading the Word of God. I go, I could lead you astray. You've got, we've got to stop trusting people to tell us what's in this book and really just read it for ourselves, to stop being so lazy, you know? Seriously, I mean, uh, you guys will be hearing from some guys today, you know, Tim Mackey, who's with the Bible Project, and we've been working together on this app called Read Scripture that just has people reading through the entire Bible every year together. And so we've got thousands of people reading the same passages every day. You know, today, you know, we're, we're reading uh, Romans chapter 7 and 8. You know, those two chapters, and you'll find thousands of people. You know, the, the pastors in San Francisco, the Bible teaching churches said, you know, let's get all of our churches doing this. So whenever you run into a Christian in San Francisco from Bible teaching church, you go, oh, man, can you believe Romans 7 this morning? You know, that's an awesome thing. Why? Because we want this to be the dialogue going on. Because just over the last few years, I hear so many people talking about this guy's sermon or this guy's book or whatever else, and rarely do I hear people saying, gosh, this morning I was alone with the Bible in the presence of God, and I just didn't want to leave. Like, I love being with him. I love being with his word. I love, we, we want you to start looking at this for truth. Be, why? Because his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And if you're not in this book, looking at his thoughts and treating this as way beyond anyone else's thought or opinion, including your own, you're going to be led astray. Because in the last days, there's going to be plenty of false prophets, and they're going to lead many people astray. In fact, um, Paul says in 2 Timothy, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, he says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 
He says, in the last days, that, that, he goes, there's a time coming when people are not going to put up with this. They will not endure sound teaching. But instead, having itching ears, there's certain things you want to hear. And he says, they're going to leave the sound teaching, and they're going to look for teachers who tell them what they want to hear. It's like, here's my real desire. See, that's the issue here. The issue is not just about truth and and lies. The issue is about desire. Here's what I want. Be careful of what you want. Be careful. Every time you open this book, be careful of what you want it to say. Because there are certain things I wish this book said, you know, but it doesn't. And there's certain things in this book that I don't want it to say, but it says it. And, and every time we come before you, we've got to say, okay, God, I have wants, I have desires, I've got to put those, that's what it means to follow you. Otherwise, I'm not following anyone but myself. I'm following you as I read this book, and I put my desires aside, what does it actually say? He says, because in the last days, people are going to put up with that. They'll just find people who will tell them what they want to hear, which leads me to that last point there. And this is the big one in in that same Matthew 24 passage. When he talks about the end, he says, you know, okay, so so one, there'll, there'll be people who hate you. All nations will hate you, so many will fall away. And then many false prophets will arise, and they'll lead many astray. But here's the one that, that I think really kills this, is verse 12. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. This is the big one, lawlessness. We want freedom from God's commands. We live in a time much like, um, uh, like Moses when... Uh, in, in Deuteronomy 12, verse 8, when they're going into the land, he, you know, God says to them, hey, don't live like you're doing right now where everyone does what is right in his own eyes. Same thing in the book of Judges, right? The period of the Judges was a horrible time. Why? Because everyone did what was right in his own eyes. They lived in a generation where everyone says, I should have freedom to do what I desire to do. There should not be this God who tells me I can't do something that makes me happy. If he made me with these desires, I should be able to fulfill those desires. And what the Bible says is that type of lawless thinking is going to increase in the end again. There's always been periods of time like that. That's why Jeremiah was weeping. He goes, you guys, you're forsaking the law of God and you're following your own heart the same as the judges. You're you're just doing whatever's right in your own eyes. And then he tells, Paul tells Timothy, look, in the last days, they're not going to listen to you. Why? Because they're going to find someone to tell them what they want to do inside. That's what Romans 1 was about. It wasn't that people didn't know that there was a God. It says they suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. It's because of your wants. It's because of your desires. Look, temptation is everywhere. And because of that, and because you'll have people everywhere saying, you know what, I should be able to express myself sexually however I want. God has no right to tell me I can't do that. 
And as that type of thinking, I should be able to leave my wife if she's not treating me the way that I think I ought to be treated. God would want me to be happy and no longer under her verbal abuse. Those types of things, that type of law, whatever I want, I'm going to make this book say it. It's because lawlessness will increase. What's going to happen for a lot of us, our love will grow cold. It's hard to love a God who teaches such unpopular commands. And so we'll start backing off rather than those of us who say, you know what, no, Lord, I'm, they can hate me. I'm okay with that. They can persecute me. I'm okay with that. Everyone else can have their opinion. I'm going to hold yours higher than that. And you know what? Even sometimes I am going to want to join the lawless ones because it's so much easier. If I ever felt like leaving my wife, I could find all sorts of books in a Christian bookstore to tell me why it's okay. And that's why I'd want to do anyways. And so I'll figure out a way to do it. And I'll join the crowd that says, yeah, 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 he has no right to do this. But then the rest of us know we're going to say no. No. Lawlessness is going to increase, but my love for him is not going to die. I'm, I'm going to hold fast to this book. Last thing I want to share, you know, as I, as I prayed for you specifically, I thought, okay, what types of people will come to this gathering? Because okay, this isn't like a normal conference. It's not like, woo, we got, you know, Hillsong's here, da, 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 you know, and 50 speakers and, you know, and, and you know, free lunch, whatever, um, <laughs> giveaways. And uh, it's really not one of those gatherings. It's just like, you know what, we just want to lay out some truths to you and have you soak it up. We just want to give you some ammo, some thoughts, some ways to defend your faith. And so, okay, who's going to show up here? And I thought, well, it's, it's going to be doers, you know, people that want to do something. And there's going to be thinkers here, people that actually think through what they believe. And that's a good thing. We, we want to not just be hearers of the Word. We want to be doers of the Word. We want to be able to reason through the Scriptures. We want to be able to um, debate if we need to. But just know what we believe. That's good stuff. But my concern was um, you can do a lot of things, a lot of good things, and not really know Jesus. Okay? And you can know a lot about him and not know him. And that's what started grieving my heart was saying, God, you know, I don't want to just assume here are the followers of Christ. Here's that circle here. No, because I've met a lot of people that seem to know a lot of Bible. Like they can quote things like they're way more intelligent than me. But when they talk about them, it's like it's almost like they're describing this being that they're so far from. Like they're just saying, well, here's what I learned about. Here's what this guy says about him. And it's like, well, do you ever just, are you ever with him? Like, do you know him? Do you ever just go up the mountain like Moses did and go, oh my gosh, I'm in your presence right now. Do you ever enter into that tent of meeting like Moses did where no one else is around, just me and God? Like, do you know him? Because in, in Matthew 7, this is the passage that got me into ministry. This is the one that scared me as a high school student. 
It's that passage in Matthew 7, verse 21, when he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many, there's that word again, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? And I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So I felt like if the one main message I want to get across this morning before we jump into everything else is, are you known by God? Going back to where we started in prayer and knowing him and him actually hearing your prayers. Are you known by him? Because there's many, it says many on that last stage, but God, I was a teacher. God, I was at church every week. God, I actually led the youth. God, I did this, this, and he says, I never knew you. It's about a relationship. It's about knowledge. And some of you coming here, you have a ton of knowledge up here about God. You really do. Some of you, if we were to debate right now, you would destroy me. You just would. You're more intelligent than I am. But we can know a lot of stuff about him and not really know him. I mean, some of you, some of you, you know, it's, some of you guys, you guys heard of the Golden State Warriors? Okay. How many three-pointers did uh, Steph Curry make last year? Yeah, some of you, so you guys know exactly how many. You probably know where he went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, 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 probably, you, you know so many. You could tell me all these things. You watched all his games. But let me ask, if you went out to his house right now and knocked on his door, what's he going to No, I know how many threes you shot last year. I know this. I know this. He's just a little, dude, I don't know you. I, I have no clue who you are. I was at your game. Remember, there was like 50,000. I was, I was the one scream. I had a, a step sign, you know. I, I don't know you. There's no relationship there. And this is my concern in the church is we talk about him and we describe him. And this is the whole reason why we were putting that read scripture thing together. It's like, I want people alone with him. I want people when no one else is around just with the book and just with God and making this the most amazing time of their day. Where they go, Jesus, it's just so good being with you in your presence again. God, I can't believe I'm talking to you. Now I'm going to open up your book. Cleanse me of all my little thoughts, because yours are as far as the heavens are above the earth. So are your thoughts above mine. Let me read what you think. Other people have told me what they think. And I can tell you what I think, and I feel, and really none of that really matters that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's like, let me follow what you said and let me lift this up before any of my thoughts. And so I, you have in Matthew 7, you know, and earlier, of course, in verse 13, he says, enter by the narrow gate for the gate is wide. The way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. I want you so badly today to study this book, read this book, listen to these guys that are teaching this book. I want you to go from here 
every day of your life, read this book. But also, as you do this, understand that this is just a, this is a road, okay? A road that leads you to God. And the goal is not just to know a lot of stuff about him. This is a road that leads you into his presence, where you can actually be in his presence because of the blood of Jesus, because you've been justified by faith. Because you can come into his presence, that's our goal, is for you to know him. And it's through his spirit, as his spirit enters into you. That's what keeps you grounded. Our job today is not, let's give them all these tools so they don't fall away. No, the Holy Spirit is the one that keeps you from falling away. There's something supernatural that happens when the Spirit of God enters into you to where you can't leave Him. That's why when my oldest daughter was in junior high and just doing her own thing, you know, and my wife looked at me and said, you know, did we fail as parents? I said, no. I, I'm not going to take that. Uh, I go, we lived it out and we shared it with her. I said, but based on what I read in this book, I can't make her fall in love with Jesus. And I can't make the Holy Spirit enter into her. And sure, we could isolate her, put her in a room, lock her up, keep her from doing anything bad. But then the moment she turns 18, her heart's going to lead her in these directions. I said, our only hope is if the Holy Spirit enters into her. And if the Holy Spirit enters into her, according to, to 1 John 3, it says his seed will abide in her and she can't keep on sinning. Like, like God would dwell in her and he just, he's the one that keeps her tethered to him. And I remember a few weeks later when my daughter came in my room and just said, Dad, you were right. I didn't know Jesus. The Holy Spirit wasn't in me. I go, well, I don't know. Maybe I was being judgmental. Maybe I, I mistook. She says, no, Dad, you're right. I'm like, well, how do you know I was right? She goes, well, because the Holy Spirit's in me now. And she goes, Dad, everything's different. When I talk to God, it's like I'm talking to you, like he's right there with me. And, you know, as parents, you kind of want to get your hopes up, but then you're also like, eh, you're dramatic. I never, <laughs> you know, I never know what's true. We'll see what happens, you know next week. And, um, and sure enough, the next week, she was a different person. The next year, she was still that different person. Eight years later, she's still that new creation. And now she's going to marry the stud of a guy in a few, you know. But that's the part where I go, gosh, Lord, I can't do that. We can feed you with all this information. And I can stand up here and tell you how good it is to know him. But at some point, it's about you. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him. It's about you, just like I saw in my daughter's life. On her own, coming in the presence of God and saying, God, my dad's right. I never knew you. I need your spirit in me. I want to see the fruit of the spirit in my life. I want this to be about me and you. And I hope that's true of you. And so if that's not you, I pray that you take some time during this day, not just to learn more stuff about him, but to say, God, I want to know you. I want you to dwell in me. 
because these end times are coming and they may be here where people are going to hate me, people may persecute me, there's going to be false teachers everywhere, and then I know my own desire for lawlessness. All these things are pulling at me. This world is insane. I must have your spirit because my flesh is not going to be able to fight off all of this temptation, but your Holy Spirit is greater than all of that. And so while I say all this stuff about, wow, how horrible it is, I'm not afraid. Like the Bible says, when, when these things come, he tells us as believers, he goes, lift up your heads because your redemption is near. As the world gets worse and lawlessness increases, false teaching, I'm not scared. I go, okay, this is it. Let's go. Let's go. My redemption is near. That's the attitude of those of us who are believers. Let me pray for us before we go. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had in your word. God, help us to be humble and contrite in spirit and to tremble at your word. This is truth, Lord. There's going to come a time when we are hated. There's going to be a rise in false teaching. And there's going to be a rise in lawlessness. But you say, he who endures to the end will be saved. And so, Father, we want to trust in that, and we want to endure, and we can only do so by your Holy Spirit. So, God, I ask you right now, if there's anyone in this room who doesn't truly possess your Holy Spirit, who doesn't truly know you, I pray that you would open their eyes and they would cry out to you, and that your Spirit would fall upon them and your seed would abide in them so they could never walk away from you. I pray for that miracle. In Jesus' name, amen.